Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And don't lean on all the things that you see going around you. I read this this last week. When, when I trust God more than I understand God, I position myself to experience God. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And what we're going to do is pray for the Ukraine crisis. And when I was in Central Asia uh, a couple years ago, when the church prayed together, they just all prayed at the same time. It was awesome. And so I want you to pray with the people that you're around. If you're by yourself, no problem, or you can join somebody else. If you're uncomfortable with that, just pray. So I'm going to give you three directives and then for a minute, and that will help drive your prayer time. And then we'll go to the next three prayer directives, and I'll close it out. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. He will make your path straight. So let's kind of pull together and pray for these three. When we trust God more than we understand God, we position ourselves to experience God. Uh, Spend a few minutes praying over the next three directives. Father, we fight this battle on our knees. And we pray that you would redeem what has happened. And I pray that you would receive glory. And Father, may we, who have so much freedom, may we appreciate what we have. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, good morning. It is so good to see you. Thanks for making time to be here today. Uh, What I will do uh, in the morning, I will send out prayer directors of what we just did and add a few others. And uh, we'll... I'll send that out, and you'll know it's from me because I'll say the best is yet to come. (laughs) Hey, and by the way, uh, my Parkinson's is is letting me know that it's here today. Karen and I fondly refer to him as Fred. (laughs) And if your name is Fred, I'm so sorry. (laughs) It's a long story, but I won't let Fred bother me if he won't let Fred bother you. Deal? All right. I don't know any... Oh, and one quick thing I want to tell you. On sinrelief.org, uh, many of us are giving uh, through the channels of sinrelief.org. It's a trusted site uh, through the International Mission Board and the Home Mission Board. And it is so easy for us to be able to trust that website. And uh, so all the money that you give will go directly to those who are dealing with uh, those... Uh, refugees. So I have never met someone who wants to fail in what matters to them. Never, never. We all want to succeed. No rational human being wants to be a failure. No one wants to think that he's wasted his life. No one wants to think that in the end she'll look back and realize she invested in things that just didn't matter. Everyone wants to think their life will be successful. Is it judged by the size of your house, the prominence of your friends, the success of your career, 
the power of your position, the size of the pile of your possessions, the perfection of your physical beauty, the breadth of your knowledge or the list of your achievements. The problem with all of these things is that they quickly pass away, and because they do, if you've lived for these things, you'll eventually come up empty. So compare and contrast that with what Jesus has to say in our passage today. We're back in the book of Mark. Mark 12, I'll give you a moment to find that if you're using the Bible in the seat pockets. Mark 12, verse 28, page 1017. I'll give you a moment to find that. One of the teachers of the law, verse 28, one of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked him, of all the commandments, which is the most important? Now, we're going to jump into this. This is huge. He says, one of the teachers, uh, in other translations, it's it's, uh, interpreted scribes. Scribes were, were scholars in oral traditions. They determined that the Jews need to obey 613 precepts of the law. 365 were negative, 248 positive, and then they made rules about rules and laws about the laws, another 1,500. So a total of 2,113 laws and rules and regulations to follow. And you know what they argued about and had a great time uh, having tea and coffee. They argued which one is the most important. In other words, how do we know what is a success? So Jesus answers, well, the most important one, Jesus answered, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. He hadn't even gotten into it yet. And this is so good, I want to pause for just a moment. He says the word hear, and in the Hebrew word, the word hear means to hear and act upon. So that's why we always say, Read and respond. Read and respond. What do you hear God's word saying? And when you hear it, how do you align your life to the truth? And that is what we're committed to here at New Covenant. Say, what does the Bible say? And how do we align our lives to the truth as best as we know how? And if we mess up, we clean that up. So in your time alone with God, in your Lenten readings, if you don't already have uh, a Lenten uh, checklist. There's one online, newcupchurch.org slash Lent. There's some in the uh, gathering spaces you leave today. Every day there is a response, a question to respond to what you have read. We've been reading through the book of Mark, first part, part of Mark. We're asking you to read through that about how Jesus revealing who he is. And how do you respond to who he is? Well, here's what Jesus said. Here, as if to hear and act upon... The Lord our God, the Lord our God is one. He's the only God, the one to whom we owe our undying loyalty and affection. So hear and act upon the fact that we have an only God, the one to whom we owe our undying loyalty and affection. And I ought to just say, go home. And some of you would like that, but I'm not going to do it. In fact, I gave Troy a raise last week. He went overtime. Yes. Managed from my own heart. And now, Brett, you get a raise. Great song this morning. 
We are to act upon what God is calling us to do. It's our loyal, it's our loyal attention and loyalty. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. In other words, we're to love God with the totality of our being. That's what drives everything, to love God with the totality of our being. And I love the definition of totality of our our being, and it's this. It's the word integrity. It means it's the state of being whole and undivided. When a rope is full of integrity, it holds together. We're to be single-minded in our love for God. We're to say, what does God say and align our lives to that. It is the state of integrity. Conversely, cognitive dissonance is the opposite. It's the state of being where your inner world and your outer world don't align, which only has one outcome, collapse. When the inner world and outer world don't align, you've taken that which is horizontal and put it in a vertical position, and it was never created to be vertical in your life. Love the Lord your God, the only one. God is the one who holds all things together. In Mark 3, Jesus said, if a kingdom is divided against itself, the kingdom can't stand. If a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. It's one thing to claim that we are followers of Jesus. It's another thing to demonstrate it. Tony Evans says, when you live with an integrous spirit... When you're internally aligned to follow God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, something awesome happens. And you know what that is? It's the presence of God. It's the presence of God. David was a wise man in Psalm 27, 4. He says, here's the one thing I ask. One thing out of all the things that David could ask for. Here's the one thing I ask. The thing I seek most is to live in the house of the Lord. To live in the house of the Lord. Now, what's interesting to me to that is that is not cognitive dissonance. I've heard it put this way from St. Augustine. Anxiety is always a sign of the collapse of a false God. You can only lean on a a horizontal issue for so long and then it will collapse because it was never created to sustain us or put this way good things become bad things when they become ruling things good things become bad things when they become ruling things jesus said love the lord your god here's the one and most important love the lord your god with all your heart with all your soul with all your strength tim keller says debilitating anxiety and devastating anxiety show that they have become one things. In fact, all, all of us deal with different issues. I just happen, anxiety sometimes rises. And when I say sometimes, a lot of times. And, and it's a gift, it really is. It's a gift because it reveals I'm putting my hope and trust in hor- horizontal things. It's the breakdown, it's the collapse of things that can't hold me together. And so David was so smart. This, the one thing I want to do, the, the one thing I seek is to live in the 
in the house of the Lord. Now you think, well, what does that mean? There's a Hebrew word, uh, panem, and it's the Hebrew word for presence and face. So when the house of the Lord is where God dwelt and his face was there. And so David was saying, I want to be in the presence of God. I want to see the face of God. That's why most every Sunday we pray a blessing on you. And we don't fly over. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face, his presence to shine upon you. And when his presence, his face is there, he's before you. He's behind you. He's beside you. He's in you. What, one of my favorite times of the service is not when it's over, as you are. But, <laughs> but one of the best parts of the service is that, that final blessing to say, Oh, people of New Cove. May the Lord bless you and keep you. And may this week, may you seek his face. The Lord, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might, with all your strength. Live in the presence of God. There's an all-out battle for first place in your life. Jesus knew that. And Jesus didn't say this, but here's what he meant when he said... Love the Lord your God alone with all your heart, with all your soul. With all your... He's saying the throne is a one-seater. And we tend to want to make it a two-seater. And tell the one sitting next to us how, how he's supposed to serve us, genie Jesus. And Jesus says, no, that's not how it works. That you're to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your might. So before we move on to the second, we need to do a little work. So here's what you do when you get home. You go to Psalm 139, verse 23 and 24. Psalm 139, 23 and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart, and see if there be any cognitive dissonance. Does there need to be a shifting of priorities and a change of seat? Is there any? Search me, O God, know my heart, test me, and know my anxious thoughts, and then lead me in the everlasting way, lead me in the presence of God. We put him first. Wow. That's had me for a couple of weeks allowing good things to become first things. And I pray constantly that New Cove will be about the best thing. That will priority will be priority and Secondary, important, but secondary and tertiary and so on. Verse 31. The second is this. And then love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these two. Jesus connects the vertical with the horizontal. In other words, he's saying we don't live by rules. We live by relationship. 
by the result of relationship. When he says, love your neighbor as yourself, when he pulls that one in at this point, he's basically summarizing the two aspects of the Ten Commandments. The first part of the Ten Commandments are about your relationship with God. second half are relationship with your relationship with others. Do you realize it is impossible to love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your soul? It's impossible to love God and hate people. Let me put it in a negative way. It is impossible, or like this, you will never make eye contact with someone who is not loved by God. Let's put it in a positive. Every person you see is loved by God and is being pursued by God. Every single person. All the Freds in your life are loved by God. Jesus, his, he delays his coming so that we can tell others about Christ. 1 John 4.11, Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. 1 John 4.19, we love each other because he first loved us. John 13.35, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my followers, that you're living in the presence of God. How about this, Ephesians 4.32? Instead, and it's easy to know what instead is referring to in just a moment, be kind. Be kind to one another. Be tender-hearted. Forgive one another. Oh, by the way, if you want to know how to forgive or who, how much to forgive, you forgive as much as God has forgiven you. We all want grace for ourselves, but we want justice for everybody else. So let's keep our hearts beating for what God's heart beats for. People. Verse 31 and following, there is no other commandment greater than these. Love God. Live in his presence. And love him with, with integrity. With focus, with single-mindedness. In 32 and following, the scribe refers, <clears throat> tells Jesus, good job. I, think, I find that hilarious. Well said, teacher. But Jesus goes on and says, when Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he said to him, you're not far from the kingdom of God. You're not far from the kingdom of God. What he was saying is the kingdom is available to you. Acts 17, 27, God did this so that men would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him. He is not far from each one of us. In your neighborhood, he is not far from your neighbors. At school, he's not far from those in your class. James 4, 8. Come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. 
Purify your hearts. In other words, deal with the cognitive dissonance. Because your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Wow. Draw near to God. He'll draw near to you. He'll move you from cognitive dissonance to integrity. I love the way Brendan Manning put this. The litmus test of our love for God is the love of our neighbor. Who's your neighbor? Whoever you make eye contact with. Whoever you're praying for. Our neighbors live on the other side of the world. Let me remind you of this. When you live with an integrous spirit, when you are internally aligned to follow God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, something awesome happens. What's that? The presence of God. So do me a favor. Trust me. Open your hands, palms up. Put them in your lap. I want to give you something this morning. And you can't receive with a fist. So hands open. And I want to give you this prayer. And we're going to pray it all together. And hopefully it moves from the head to the heart. Here's, let me read it to you. Jesus, I completely surrender myself to you today. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. Without you, I can do nothing eternal. I will listen for your voice. Speak to me through your eternal word and through your spirit in me. I ask that you will show me specific ways that you want to live through me so that others will see you and say yes to you. If you've never invited Jesus to come to your life, this is a great prayer. Or if you're like me and struggle with cognitive dissonance of having the wrong person sitting on the throne, what a great prayer to say, Jesus, I'm... Give me a clean heart. I want to dwell in the presence of God. So I want you to receive this, and let's pray it together aloud. Here we go. Jesus, I completely surrender myself to you today. Without you, I can do nothing eternal. I will listen for your voice. Speak to me through your eternal word and through your spirit in me. I ask that you will show me specific ways that you want me to live through me so that others will see you and say yes to you. Father, we say yes to you. And may we say yes to loving others. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, what do we do with what we've heard? So what? So here, with intention to act, I have a few suggestions. First of all, those of you who are reading through the book of Mark with us, and the Bible app reading... The Gospel of Mark, some of you are in part one, some of you in part two, some of you are just starting part three. It's a study, an in-depth study of Mark about who Jesus is. We have Lenten readings online and as well 
in, in the foyer. And just, it's never too late to start. It's never too late to start. 40 days of reading, Sundays you get a break because you get to hear us. And so Lenten readings. Wednesday night is a huge night for us. It's a huge night to say if you want to learn to go, to be confident in your reading, then this is the class for you. And there'll be, we'll be practicing it. So it's a, it's a great class. Let me summarize what we've heard. It's only when God is in his rightful place in your heart that you'll be in the appropriate place in your life. And one of the major ways our love for God is revealed is by the active love in our relationships. May we listen and do what God says. Amen.